On January 15, 1947, the remains of 22-year-old Elizabeth Shore, or as she is commonly known, the Black Dahlia, were discovered by Betty Bersinger on a morning stroll on the block of 3800 North Avenue in Los Angeles. The body was cut in half and so pale and thoroughly drained of blood that Betty Bersinger actually mistook it for a mannequin at first. The body was cut with surgical precision, leaving no trauma to internal organs or bones, and her face had been cut from her mouth towards her ears to form a haunting, ever-present smile. Hello, my darlings. Welcome back to the Butterfly Empire. This is me, the Butterfly Queen. And today we are covering, dun da 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 as you can tell, the Black Dahlia murder. And which, so you know, the case remains unsolved. Right? Right. Okay, let's get this party started in here, eh? Okay, Elizabeth Short, aka the Black Dahlia, which is 22 years old, when she was brutally murdered in Los Angeles on January 15, 1947. Still one of the oldest cold cases in LA. Not only was it a horrific crime, but it's also proven a notorious difficulty to solve. In the decades since the Black Dahlia murder, police, the press, the amateur, sleuths, all like have a developed deep into this unsolved crime and developed several convincing theories. So, we may never know who killed the Black Dahlia. Pouring over the evidence of this case is just as darkly fascinating today as it was in 1947. So, Let's jump in. The water's still warm. The murder of Elizabeth Short. On January 15, 1947, Elizabeth Short's dead body was found in LA neighborhood of Leonard Park. The first person who reported the grisly sight was a mother out for a morning walk with her child. According to the woman, the way Short's body had been posed made her think that the corpse was a mannequin at first. But a closer look revealed the true horror of the Black Dahlia crime scene. The 22-year-old short had been sliced in two at the waist and completely drained of blood. Some of her organs, such as her intestines, had been removed and neatly placed underneath her buttocks. That kind of a butt lift. Pieces of the flesh had been cut away from her thighs and her breast, and her stomach was full of feces, leading some to believe that she had been forced to eat them before she was killed. The most chilling mutilations, however, were the lacerations on her face. The killer had sliced each of her face from the corners of her mouth to the ears, creating what's known as the Glasgow smile. Or is all we know? Since the body had already been washed clean, Los Angeles Police Department detectives concluded that she must have been killed elsewhere before being dumped in the Mart Park. Near her body, detectives noticed a heel print in a cement sack with the traces of blood that had presumably been under there transporting her body to the vacant lot. The LAPD reached out to the FBI to help identify the body while searching their fingerprint database. Short's fingerprints turned up rather quickly because she had applied for a job as a clerk at the commissions of the U.S. Army's Camp Cook in California back in 1943. And her prints turned up a second time since she has been arrested by the Santa Barbara Police Department for underage drinking. 
was several months after she applied for the job. The FBI also had her mugshot from her arrest, which they provided to the press. Before long, the media began reporting every soliciting detail they could find about Short. Meanwhile, Elizabeth Short's mother, Phoebe Short, didn't learn of her daughter's death until reporters from the L.A. Examiner telephoned her, pretending that Elizabeth had won a beauty contest. They pumped her for all the details they can get on Elizabeth before revealing the terrible truth. Her daughter had been murdered, and her corpse had been dismembered in a surprise. <sighs> and this, my friend, is the part where the press gets involved in the Black Dahlia murder investigation. As the media learned more about Elizabeth Short's history, they began to brand her as a sexual deviant. Uh-huh. Once police report read the victims knew, at least 50 men at the time of her death and at least 25 men had been seen with her in the 60 days preceding her death. She was known as a teaser of men. Ooh. <laughs> they gave Short the nickname the Black Dahlia due to her reported performance for wearing a lot of sheer black clothing. This was a reference to the movie The Blue Dahlia, which was out at the time. Some people spread the false rumor that Shore was a prostitute, while others basically claimed that she liked to tease men because she was a lesbian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Adding to her mystique, Shore was reportedly a Hollywood hopeful. She had moved to Los Angeles just six months before her death and worked as a waitress. Sadly, she had none of the known acting jobs. And her death became her one claim to fame. Which is horrible to get famous for, but you know, at least your name made it. Okay, sugar? Okay. But as famous as the case was, authorities had tremendously difficult to figure out who was behind it. However, members of the media did receive a few clues. On January 21st, about a week after the body was found, the examiner received a call from a person claiming to be the murderer. Who said... He would be sending Short's belongings in the mail as proof of his claim. Shortly thereafter, the 24th, the examiner received a package where Short's birth certificate, photos, business cards, and an address book with the name Mark Hansen on the cover. Also included was a letter pasted together from a newspaper magazine letter clippings that read Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles paper. Here is Dahlia's belongings, a letter to follow. All of these items had been whipped down with gasoline, leaving no fingerprint behind. Wiped down with gasoline. Damn, if, if you think about it, I don't think anything would do that. Or even the letter. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. All of these items were wiped down with gasoline, leaving no fingerprints behind. Though a partial fingerprint was found on the envelope. It was damaged in the transfer and never analyzed. On January 26th, another letter arrived. This handwritten note read here is, Turn in Wednesday, January 29th to meet me. Had my fun at police. Black Dahlia, a vendor. The letter included a location. Police waited at that pointed time and place, but the author never showed. Mm-hmm. 
okay, okay. They're just playing with you, sure. Afterwards, the alert killer sent a note made of letters cut and pasted from the magazine to the examiner that said, have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Dahlia killing was just a guess. Yet again, everything sent by the person had been wiped clean with gasoline, so investigators couldn't lift any fingerprints from the evidence. At one point, though, the LAPD had 750 investigators on the case and interviewed more than 150 potential suspects. Officers heard more than 60 confessions during the initial investigation, but none of them were considered legitimate. Since then, there have been more than 500 confessions, none of which led to anyone being charged. As time went on and the case went cold, cold as my heart and cold as my soul. Maybe I should refer to myself as the ice queen. Yeah. Anywho, many people assumed that the Black Dahlia murder was a date gone wrong, or that Short had run into a sinister, strange late at night while walking alone. After over 70 years, the Black Dahlia murder case remains open, but in recent years, a couple of intriguing and chilling theories have emerged. The man who thinks his father killed Elizabeth Short Shortly after his father's death in 1999, now-retired LAPD detective Steve Hodel was going through his dad's belongings when he noticed two photos of a woman who bore a striking resemblance to Elizabeth Short. Shortly after receiving the news of his father's death, Steve Hodel found himself sorting through his belongings. Though Steve's father, George Hodel, loomed large throughout his childhood, the relationship had always been strained. George was a grandiose adoptive with a distant personality who abandoned the family shortly after Steve's ninth birthday, eventually moving forward to the Philippines. As he went through his father's possessions, Steve found a photo album tucked away in a box. It was small enough to fit in the palm and bound in wood, feeling like a bear. He pursued it. It was small enough to fit in the palm and bound wood, feeling like it's the voyeur. He pursued it. It was filled with the usual pictures of his mom, dad, and brothers, as well as portraits of the family taken by the world-famous surrealist artist Man Ray, a family friend. But towards the back, something caught his eye. Two pictures of a young woman, her eyes cast downward, and curly, deep black hair. Steve still doesn't know why he had the idea, but as he looks in the image, he thoughts to himself, My God, it looks like a black dahlia. Black dahlia, of course. It's a nickname given to Elizabeth Short after her grisly death on January 15, 1947. The 22-year-old aspiring actor was living in L.A. when her corpse was found, maimed, and slid into it. The personal connection between Short and George Hodel, suggested by the album photo, seems outrageous. Hers was one of the most brutal murders in American history, and after the Zodiac Killer shooting spree in San Francisco... Perhaps the most famous unsolved crime in California. But from the moment on, Steve was hooked. In just over 23 years, Steve had delinquency arisen through the ranks of Los Angeles Police Department, establishing a reputation as an unfaltered homicide detective. So like any good cop, Steve started digging, and the details began to add up. 
crime scene photos show that Short had been given. Wow, I don't think I've ever heard this word before in my life. Let's try it. Hand me a corporated to me. <laughs> We're gonna get this right. Y'all gonna work with me with this. We're gonna add a little humor to a side story. Hand me a corpusectomy. There we go. That sounds that sounds accurate. If it's not, oh, I'll fudge it. <laughs> a producer that slices the body beneath the lumbar spine. The only spot where the body had been severed in half without breaking bone. It was taught in the 1930s when George had been in a medical school. A letter sent to the press and police from the Black Dahlia Avenger. A man claiming to be Short's killer. Also bore a chilling resemblance to the dad's handwriting. Cataloging evidence has been Steve's life for the last 15 years, during which the quest to connect his father to Short's murder consumed his life. It brought him back to Los Angeles, where he now spends his days in a modest apartment, documenting his father's supposed criminal past in a snowballing body of work, including four books and play in a frequently updated blog. Additionally, Hodel searched his father's archives at the UCLA, finding a folder full of receipts for contracting work on his childhood home. In that folder, there was a receipt dating a few days before the murder for a large bag of concrete the same size and brand as a concrete bag found near Elizabeth Short's body. By the time Hodel began his investigation, many of the police officers who originally worked on the case were already dead. However, he carefully reconstructed conversations these officers had about the case. While fact-checking the book, Steve Lopez requested official police files from the case and made an important discovery. Shortly after the murder of LAPD, had six main suspects, and George Hodel was on their list. In fact... He was such a serious suspect that his home was bugged in 1950, so the police could monitor his activities. Much of the audio was inconsistent, but one chilling exchange struck out. 8.25 p.m. Woman screamed. Woman screamed again. It should be noted the woman not heard before the scream. Later that day, George Aldell was overheard telling somebody, realized there was nothing I could do, put a pillow over her head and cover her with a blanket. Get a taxi, expired 1259. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. He continued supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia, but I can't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because, well, she did. Either that, or after the shocking revelation, which seemed to be support that, George Hodel killed Short and possibly also his secretary. The Black Dahlia case still hasn't been officially closed. However, this hasn't stopped Steve Hodel from invest investigating his father. He says he has found details in dozens of other murders that could possibly be connected to his father, implicating him not only as a Black Dahlia murder, but also as a deranged serial killer. Odell's research has even garnered some attention from the law enforcement in 2004. In 2004, Stephen R. K., the head deputy of L.A. County's District Attorney Office, said that if George Odell was still alive, he would have enough to indict him for Elizabeth Short murder.
You ready for this? Leslie Dillon. Did you ever do Mother, you know, the Leslie Dillon? Mm, I don't know. That seems kind of good. In 2017, British author Payu Eatwell announced that she had finally solved a decades-old case and published her findings in a book. The real culprit, she claimed, was Leslie Dillon, a man who police briefly considered the primary suspect but ultimately let go. However, she also claimed that there was much more to the case behind the killer himself. According to Ebel Dillon, who works as a bellhop, murdered short at the behest of Mark Hansen, a local nightclub and movie theater owner who worked with Dillon. Hansen was another suspect that eventually had been let go. And the owner of the address book that had been mailed to the examiner, he later claimed that he gave the address book to Short as a gift. Shortly after, Short had reportedly stayed with Hansen a few nights, and he was one of the last people reported to have spoken with her before her death in a phone call on January 8th. Eatwell alleges that Hansen was infatuated with Short and came on to her, though she rebuffed his advances. Then he suddenly calls on Leslie Dillon to take care of her. Hanson, it seemed, knew Dillon was capable of murder, but didn't realize just how deranged he really was. Previously, Leslie Dillon had also worked as a mortician's assistant, where he could have potentially learned how to bleed a body, which is, we all know, part of it. Eatwell also discovered from police records that Dillon knew details about the crime that had not been yet released to the public. One detail was that Short had a tattoo of a rose on her thigh which had been cut out and shoved inside her vagina. Weird. For this pops, Dylan claimed to be an aspiring crime writer and told authorities that he was writing a book about the Dalia case, which never was materialized. Despite all the evidence pointing to him, Dylan was never charged with a crime. Eatwell claims that he is released due to Mark Hansen's ties to some sort of the cops of LAPD. While Eatwell believes the department was corrupt to begin with, she also thinks that Hansen contributed largely to its corruption by exfoliating his ties to certain officers. Another discovery that lent itself to Eatwell's theory was a crime scene found at a local motel during her research. Eatwell came across a report by Esther Motel owner Henry Hoffman. Sounds like a porn star name. Anyways, the Astor Motel was a small tin cabin facility near the University of South Carolina. On the morning of January 15, 1947, he opened the door to one of his cabins and found the room covered in blood and fecal matter. In another cabin, he was discovered that someone had left a bundle of woman's clothes wrapped up in a brown paper bag, which was also stained with blood. Mm -hmm. Instead of reporting the crime, Hoffman simply cleaned it up. He had been arrested four days earlier for beating his wife and he didn't want to risk another run-in with the police. Eatwell believes that the motel is where Elizabeth Short was murdered. Eyewitness reports, though uncooperated, claim that a woman who resembled Short had been at the motel shortly before the murder. Eatwell's theory has not been proven, though. Mm. As everyone involved with the original Black Dahlia murder case is most likely dead by now, and many official LAPD documents remain locked away in vaults. However... Eatwell remains confident in her funding and truly believes that she solved the mystery and gruesome case of the Black Dahlia murder. Though we still don't know for certain who killed the Black Dahlia, 
these recent theories present compelling cases. And it's possible that the truth is still out there, just waiting for the right investigation to finally bring it to the light. This is part of the little segment that I like to call Cool Little Facts to Learn. So. Before arriving in L.A., Elizabeth spent time in San Diego with a man named Robert Manley, who drove her to L.A. and helped her check into the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. Many reports state that this is the last place that Short was seen alive. And like our old friend the Cecil Hotel, the Biltmore is reportedly haunted. Hotel guests claim to have seen Elizabeth walking on the first floor in a black dress, only to disappear into a wall. She's also seen in the tent in 11th floor. Now, others state that after Manley left, the guy who dropped her off, Short headed to the nearby Crown Grill Bar, which stands today as Club Galaxy, and actually the true last sighting of the Dahlia people claimed. Since this list is unsolved for nearly 70 years, there's no shortage of interesting suspects. But I'm only going to go over what are, in my opinion, the most interesting ones. The first suspect was Robert Manley, the guy who dropped her off at the Biltmore Hotel. Ah, the Uber driver. <laughs> yeah, the Uber driver. But not only did he return to San Diego almost a week before her body was discovered, but he also passed a polygraph test. But it is worth noting that in 1954, he was committed to a mental hospital due to hearing voices. However, when administered sodium pentothal, which apparently is a truth serum, uh, he was proven... <laughs> <laughs> On to the next one. The second suspect was Army Corporal Joseph Dumaine, who claimed to be blackout drunk with Elizabeth in San Francisco a couple days before her discovery. When asked if he thought he killed Elizabeth, he actually said yes, but evidence later showed that he was on his military base the day of her death. The final for total. But before we begin, let's visit time in LA. The house had a secret room where the children were not allowed to go. And nothing screams innocent like a secret room. So, George's son, Steve Hodel, who was five at the time of the Dahlia murder, later became a police investigator for 17 years, and after retiring from the force, became convinced that his father, George Hodel, had actually killed the Black Dahlia. And look, Steve Hodel makes a pretty compelling case. So, George Hodel was highly intelligent. He studied surgery and medical school, and also ran L.A. County's venereal disease clinic which would also suggest that he's capable of the surgical disembowelment and mutilation of Elizabeth Short's body that was found at the scene of the crime. Busy doctor, George Hodel was also a busy bachelor, having 11 children with five different women, with Elizabeth Short in one of his dad's photo albums. However, when examined by a forensic artist, the artist was 85% certain it wasn't Elizabeth in the pictures. But in 2014, a different expert used facial recognition technology resulting in a 90 to 95% match. But much like the other tests, the results were ultimately inconclusive. Handwriting was eerily similar to the handwriting of the Dahlia murder, but when reviewed by experts, the results were mixed, with opinions ranging from probable to inconclusive, by his own daughter of sexually assaulting her, but was found not guilty. The scent of human remains. Soil samples were taken from the alley behind the former Hodel house, so they came back positive for human remains as well. And while this doesn't link to the Dahlia murder directly because she wasn't buried, it does indicate that George Hodel was perhaps not the biggest stranger to murder. Even more fascinating, Steve Hodel would like to keep digging on the property, but since it's privately owned, he doesn't have permission to do so. And when trying to get the LAPD to follow up on this new evidence, they refused.
Is it just what we feel? 